So I'm going to give you a short quiz. How many kings were there? Three. How do you know that? Doesn't say anything in the gospel about how many there were. Not a, not a word. Where did the kings find baby Jesus and Mary? Where? In a house, not in the manger. We always have that identity of seeing the three kings stand outside the manger and they found him in a house. So after Jesus was born, Joseph and Mary probably started to return to their own place of Nazareth. Maybe they found a place where there was warmth and shelter and stayed there, but the kings didn't find the child Jesus in a manger. They found him along with his mother in a house. Do you know the king's names? Give me one out of the three. Pardon? Balthazar, Caspar, and Melchior, three here. Where do we get those names from? They certainly weren't in the gospel today. We have this image of what happened on that day that Christ was born within probably those weeks. And over the centuries, those images have been kind of impounded in our own hearts and minds. What it was like, probably because of art that has been displayed throughout the world these some 2,000 years, partially because of Christmas cards that, that portray the kings at the manger, right next to the child Jesus. And in, in ancient archives, those names of the three kings were brought about in stories that were written long after the gospel writers were in the kingdom of heaven. But they've been ingrained in us. That's part of our heritage as Catholic Christians is what happened in that mystical, marvelous moment of the year of Jesus' birth. In some countries of the world, Epiphany is a greater feast day than even Christmas Day. Because what Epiphany shows us and tells us about this miraculous gift that God gave to the world is that Jesus came, lived, was born, lived, died on the cross, and was raised from the dead for all people at all time. Not just for the Jewish people some 2,000 years ago. God sent his son into the world that the world might be saved through him. Not just an individual small group of people in the Middle East. So nations around the world who have experienced this great gift promote this day even greater than Christmas Day because they feel God has sent his son for us, whether it's Ireland, whether it's places in Africa, or South America, even in our own country, United States, we are reminded on this day that Jesus came, died, and rose, that all people might have eternal life. That's the powerfulness of these scripture readings. That's why we continue to tell the story. And most especially, we think there's three because there's three gifts mentioned. And of course, you couldn't have 10 kings bring three gifts. 
You couldn't have one king bring three gifts. Our mindset says, well, if there's three gifts, there has to be three kings. I've faced that in weddings and funerals. I say to the families, do you have members of your family who would like to bring up the gifts? And they'll say to me, well, I'd like my 10 grandchildren. Okay, but can we find 10 gifts to bring up? Not all the time. But there's something in our psyche that says the gift with the person has to be the same. It's not true. The gifts are a reminder to us of various aspects of Jesus' life. Gold reminds us that Jesus would be sold on that Holy Thursday night for pieces of silver. Precious metal bought Jesus' life. Incense and myrrh were used by the women who were going to the tomb on that Easter Sunday morning to anoint the body of the Lord Jesus. They did that because of the heat and the weather in the Middle East. Bodies started to smell very quickly after the person was deceased. So by anointing their body, that fragrance, that sweet smell of myrrh and frankincense rose to give them a a quick fix on who was there and why he was there. Rose to the kingdom, the smoke of incense. So we come today and we listen to those passages and I always have to ask myself, well, what does this day mean to me? And you should also ask yourself that very same question. What does this day mean to ourselves, mean to the church? It means that God gave us this great and perfect gift, like no other gift we could have ever received. And he's still giving us that. Christ is still present with us in word, in the Eucharist, in our gathering. The presence of Christ is still there. So we rejoice. That's why we sing the Gloria once again. We rejoice and sing glory to God in the highest. The same words that supposedly the angels sang when the announcement of the Lord was made known to them. Rejoice, the world. God has sent his son, a savior, that we might be saved. Saved from what? Saved from our own sinfulness? Saved from the darkness and despair of war, disease and heartache? Saved from how difficult this world is to be living in. I even hate to pick up the newspaper in the morning or turn on the news to see what has happened to members of God's body, Christ's body, throughout the world. It's simply appalling to see what one human being can or has done or will do to another human being, all in the name of their own understanding of their faith. Jesus never killed anybody. Jesus only loved them. Jesus reached out and touched the leper, where his society said, oh, no, Jesus, you should never do that. Make you unclean. So what does Jesus do? He heals the person with leprosy. Jesus talked to sinners, the woman at the well. How many husbands have you had? I know you've had five, and the guy you're living with now isn't your husband. So she goes and tells her friends. They come, and Jesus says to them, are you going to persecute this woman? 
Are you going to do anything to her because she has broken every law of the Jewish faith? They say no, and Jesus says, neither do I contempt. So he's saving us from those great, horrible things that can happen to us here on earth. He's saving us that gift and the promise of everlasting life. So when we come forward and we take the Holy Eucharist in our mouths, we're eating the body and drinking the blood of Christ to give us that great strength to continue on this sometimes very difficult journey. This journey is not always easy. But the Eucharist, our community, our church, our love of Christ helps us to get through the difficult parts of our lives. We rely on Christ to help us when somebody dies that were loved, loved us greatly. A husband or a wife or a child or a grandmother or a best friend. We ask Jesus to be there with us when we lose our house because of financial circumstances. We ask Jesus to be with us at the birth of a new child, brought creation into the world of this new child that we hope will live nowadays probably to 100 years old. God, brings, God sent Jesus to us that we might have everlasting life. And until we close our eyes for the last time and take our last breath, we have to work through this world, which is very difficult. But we can sing with joy Glory to God in the highest. We can realize that great gift has been given to us. There's some things in the Gospels that we need to tweak a little bit or understand what they mean. But the essence of this feast day, the essence of Christmas, no matter when it really happened, all the time when, when Christmas comes about, all these people who are anti-Christian say, well, Christmas probably didn't happen on December the 25th probably happened sometime in the spring because of the shepherds taking care of their sheep. I don't care when it happens. All I know in my heart is that it did happen. Jesus sent, God sent his son Jesus into the world. If we want to make Christmas August the 10th, we can do that. If we want to make Christmas July the 14th, we can do that. It doesn't matter when, it just matters, yes, it happened. So we come here today to remember what happened with those three magi. It doesn't say kings in the gospel. It says magi. Could have been wizards. Could have been very, very smart men who relied on the stars and the moon and the sun to make a living. Could have been mathematicians. Could have been anybody with high intelligence that God directed them to see the Christ child. So we come because that did happen. Doesn't matter when, doesn't matter where, just believe that it did happen. Those three kings represent the entire world. They come from different backgrounds, we assume. From Africa, South America, Asia. We don't know for sure, other than these three kings represent the rest of the world. So let us rejoice. Let us sing glory to God in the highest because of this great gift that God has given us. And it's not three different gifts of frankincense, myrrh, and gold. It is the gift of his son given to us. No greater gift could ever have been given to the human race. God shows us in this miracle that he truly loves us. 
He wants us to be with him in the kingdom of heaven. So he sends his son to proclaim the message of the good news. There is a place better than this earth, filled with war and violence and hatred and cancer and leukemia and dementia and all of those horrible things. God has promised us a place there. So let us pray not only today or tomorrow or next week, but pray for each other that we may achieve that promise by God's great gift, that we enhance our whole life here on earth by having faith in the risen Lord, by having faith that God did send his son to die and rise that we might inherit eternal life. May this gift this day be forever raised up and lived out and carried upon and worked upon and prayed upon in this time. May this gift of glory in Christ Jesus be given to each member of the world, both past, present, and future, so that we might understand and we might know the promise of everlasting life. God bless you all.